Welcome to Trial by Wine. We take a closer look at crimes that highlight how fascinating humans can be. Schmitty, Swanee and Clarky visit crimes and run them through their jury of three, debating both sides of the case to agree an appropriate, if totally fictitious, sentence. Please be advised, Trial by Wine may include explicit or disturbing content and will include drunken rambling. Listener discretion is advised. All right, how are we all? Wonderful. How are you, Schmitty? You well? <laughs> not bad at all, not bad, yes. Very well you? over here in the valley where uh, we've had a bit of a farm day today, so, um, you know, drenching sheep and walking through mud and all those sorts of fun things. Feel alive, Excellent. I bet. Oh, yep. yeah. Apparently, I saw something come up on Facebook or somewhere during, might have been Apple News during the week, and it said that um, getting earth between your hands and everything is now actually scientifically proven to be good for you. I think that's right. Yes. They often talk about um, if you have no shoes on, you can touch the ground. It's like being grounded or something. I see lots mm. of references to that in the last couple of years. In and, summer, uh, all the time up yeah. here. Beautiful. We've got lovely, thick, lush grass, oh, and it's nice. something that you just don't get enough of, I think, anymore. Yeah, I agree. It's There's so not many good. opportunities to do it, is there? Even if you are outside mm. and on the grass, you tend to have shoes on or yeah, here yeah. it's like well, boiling it's hot asphalt. It's or something. Yeah, that's yeah. right. It's like if you've got, let's say you've got thongs and you go to the beach, and it's like usually there's, it's simply too hot to walk on the ground. Mm. So lush grass is it's such a treat. Mm. Hmm. Wouldn't be so do it yes. off on that tangent. What anyway, about you, enough Schmitty? about me. Well, <laughs> Oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. I was, um, I'd taken all these oranges off the tree. So today I have chopped up a whole lot of them and made, started to make some citrus gin. So I've got a couple of big giant jars, I suppose you'd call them, with chopped up oranges and covered in gin. And the rest of the oranges are in the pot ready for a new marmalade because I'm the marmalade queen. It's a very domestic day for me today. Yes. So what are we drinking? We are having, and we've had this before, um, it's a Halden Estate, Edgar Wallace Cab Sav. So it's a very delicious one. We do love one. a good Halden. We do yes. love a good Halden. And uh, mm. you might remember from earlier episodes, Edgar Wallace is Tracy's father. Grandfather or father-in-law yeah, or something. Yeah, or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, and a relation. his ashes yeah. are in the um, vineyard, in the vines. Yeah. So, oh, nice. Yeah. Yes. It's a bit mm. part yeah. of him in every bottle. Right. And what about you? Oh, that, I don't know that I feel as good about that. And uh, you, Swanee? Probably depends on which part. I'm on a bottle of San Pellegrino. We went out and had a, a Chinese dinner last night uh, that was rather salty. <laughs> so salty, in fact, that when we left, I said to my brother-in-law, who's a GP, I said, oh, I'm not sure if that was the best meal for said before his tennis semi-final. And he said, oh, well, he won't get any cramps. <laughs> it was so <laughs> That's a good point. So I'm finding myself a little dehydrated today. So let me mm. uh, have some water to start off with and we'll see how we go after that. And you, Schmitty? Okay. I am drinking a glass of the Delatite Winery's Pinot Gris 2021 and it is absolutely delightful. Oh, nice. Nice. Yes, I thought I'd actually drink a wine for once, given Trial we are trying wine. In fact, wine. who are we? I'm Schmitty. I'm Swanee. And I'm Clarky. And together, and together we, are... we are. Trial by wine. Not sure why that has to get slower and slower. Oh, I know week, it does. Anyway. I, don't know. <laughs> I was looking at you like your orchestra, like the orchestra conductor then, and I still can't ah. keep mm, trying. All right, Swanee, I think you're up tonight, aren't you? I, I am indeed. Now, I wanted to start this story off by saying that. I set myself a little challenge the other day. My mother has arrived in town and she never fails to arrive 
without some trashy mag that she's bought to read on the plane. I'm not convinced she doesn't do it when she's at home. She says she doesn't, but I mean, <laughs> why you'd then choose to buy this thing and have yeah. someone see you read it in public is beyond me. Surely this is the kind of thing you would read secretly at home. <laughs> well, but some people have like these little, you know, routines or little Absolutely. Uh, traditional things. Yeah, You have to get it delivered in plain packaging envelope yeah. so that no one knows. Correct. I'm not sure what's inside it because I've never looked. So she might be able to say, oh, look, I do it for the word puzzles or whatever else, but I'm not sure given that. Yeah, it's like that's why she gets the Playboys. (laughs) I read it for the the editorial, yeah. Yeah. So it just so happened on the back of her That's Life, there was a sealed section. Is That's Life, thank you. Oh, a sealed section. A sealed section that I I ripped off. I don't even know if it was sealed now that I say that. I ripped it off the back. Uh, A true crime special and I thought I'm going to set myself the challenge of having to use one of the stories that I could find, and there were, I think, three or four. Um, I'm kind of pretty pumped because every single one of the stories that I looked at, and particularly one, they were lifted directly from Wikipedia. So I feel pretty confident <laughs> that um, well if, that's, if, if people are doing it in press, I'm not as bothered with some of the stuff I <laughs> trot out here as uh, my <laughs> sources. So I have chosen one of the crimes. And, of course, I've got a list of sources. One of those is Wikipedia. That's where I know <laughs> they got their article from because I don't even think they really bothered to edit it. So I've got my That's Life Crime Sup, Wikipedia, LA Mag, LA Times, Murderpedia, and Time Magazine. I like Murderpedia. It's yes, a good mix. It is. Mm. And to throw something else into the mix, I also started watching a film called Too Close to Home, 1997 was when it was made. There's another Too Close to Home. And it starred Judith Light and Ricky Schroeder. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Ricky Do we have Schroeder. any Ricky Schroeder? Who was that little blonde-haired kid? Yeah. Correct. Yeah, this was a straight-to-TV, you know, a daytime sort of movie. I have to admit I didn't get past the first 20 minutes, but I, I wouldn't mind watching it because it was so bad I was uncomfortable watching it in the first 20 minutes. But as I get onto the story, you'll understand why it would be uncomfortable to watch anyway. But I just had to say, because Judith Light, who I actually think is fabulous, and I've seen her in, I think it was The Politician that was on Netflix in the last couple of years. She was brilliant in that. Um, okay. So I think she's a brilliant actress. And Ricky Schroeder, I think I probably had the hots for. I just can't remember what he was in. Silver Spoons, does that ring any bells or something? Yes. That's it. Yeah, that yeah. was it, yeah. He went to be on in NYPD Blue or one of those. Oh, two. you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've forgotten about that. Well, this must have been this culture. must have been between the the two. I'm sure. I I, I couldn't pick Judith Light out from a lineup of ten blokes and her. You would. She was know. in the one with the dad who had Alyssa Milano as the daughter. What's that called? Tony Ro- Tony Romero. Tony, Tony Romero. Danza. Tony Danza. Yeah. Hold yeah, yeah. yeah. me closer, Tony Danza. Yeah. <laughs> what was the name uh, of that, that show? Who, who's the boss? Yes. Growing Pains. I get those two. Oh, uh, I think one it's, on after the other. Who's the boss? Who's the boss? Who's the boss? Who's the boss? Who was she being? Yeah. She must. It was. Mm. She was the mum, and he was the housekeeper. I still couldn't pick her. Is out that what it was? Up. Oh, so yeah. uh, but the dad was. But was he the dad of Alyssa Milano? No. Yeah. Yes, he was. Yes, 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 yes. Because she was only young then. Yeah. She was a. 13-year-old girl or something. Yeah. Who's the boss? Yeah, it's them. You know, you know, you talked about um Ricky Schroeder, and I yes. just kept thinking, I don't want to be a dickhead. I don't want to say it because I'm probably wrong. Have I said I wrong? Had little, yeah. No, no, I had little Lord Fauntleroy in my head. It is him, isn't it? I can't be right. It was. Yeah, yes, yeah, I yeah. just had a look. I thought, oh, I had that right. Because oh, he was a beautiful like child actor. He was gorgeous, yeah. 1980. The original little, yeah, right. Oh, I don't, well, the 1981. Yeah, right, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I wouldn't have thought he was born then. Yeah, I can't remember what it's about. Is that like a 
princess and the pauper type story or oh, probably yeah. not who knows who i can't remember i used the term anyway. a lot <laughs> you, you are little lord fauntleroy yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i don't actually i don't think we've watched funny. it I just, oh, yeah, I, but I'm aware. Yeah. So they are my very highbrow sources. I did have a quick look on Lad Bible. It was giving me nothing. And to be honest, I couldn't find much elsewhere. But anyway, hopefully it'll give us a little bit of a giggle along the way. Shall I introduce you to Elizabeth Ann Duncan was born in Kansas City, Missouri in 1904. And we don't know anything about her young life at all. There's nothing that I can find. So I don't know if it was uneventful, but no one seemed to be that interested in it. And there was certainly nothing on record. Where we start to learn a little bit about her is when she becomes um, an adult and I've seen her described as a bit of a drifter and I think she just moved around a lot because she was a little bit of a a bad lady. She had been married. She declared that she'd been married 10 to 12 times because, you know, give give or take two. There were two different sources. Some of us not even once. How rude. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) But in actual fact, she had been married closer to 20 times. (laughs) (gasps) What? Wow. Yeah. How old was she? Uh, by this point, she was probably 50. And I'm guessing she didn't have a lavish wow. wedding every time because that would have cost a fortune. Oh, You're absolutely yeah. correct about that. She yeah. she would basically get married as a scam to get money and what she would do is she'd say oh, to okay. these men that she needed to marry someone because she was about to come into money but she needed to have him married so that she would be able to receive the money. And I'm sure she did different scams, but that was basically how she operated most of the time. So she would just move around in these sham, you know, she was obviously bigamous because she was still married, I think, probably to the first guy. I don't think she ever got divorced. So they were never legitimate. But in terms of this sort of scam that she was running, she was married close to 20 times, I think. And and as I said, in court, she actually admitted to, I think 10 I read somewhere and 12 I read somewhere else. (laughs) Give or take a couple of marriages. She was um, also arrested for operating a brothel in San Francisco and passing bad checks. Which is the more serious crime of those two? Well, to be honest, nothing compared to where she ends up going. This was just yeah, right. her status quo. This is what she, I, what I find really hard to believe is that's her background, but she was also a mum. <laughs> you know mm. I mean? So she had a couple from, of kids. It's like, I don't know that I, I don't know. marriage. I, I just, sometimes I look at things and I think, I can't get my act together and get through life, you know, with three kids and no career, let alone be going, I'm running a brothel. I'm trying to find another husband. You know, kids, you kids don't know how hard it is to get through the day. It's like, that's busy, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Elizabeth and Duncan had two children and those children uh, were a son called Frank and a daughter called Patricia. And sadly, Patricia, Patricia died when she was just 15 years old. So it was very much the fact that Frank was totally the apple of her eye and she had a very obsessive relationship. And just It never a- goes well with those mother-son <laughs> obsessive relationships. Oh. Not, not real well, no. It's no. not a good start. So I, I have to sort of take you on a bit of a journey. So I've sort of given you the very teeny tiny background that I have on Elizabeth, which is clearly she'd been up to some hijinks. She wasn't a terrible person, but she was, you know, run a brothel, marrying 20 people, you know, 20. bad checks, the whole bit. But that's all I really know. And then all of a sudden we jump to the side and I'm saying, I want you to know that she was a mother to two children. Uh, one died and Frank survived. And then I'm asking you to move ahead to the age of Frank being 27 years old. And lo and behold, Frank and his mother have moved to Santa Barbara because he's just about to begin his career as a lawyer. <laughs> weren't expecting what? that, were you? You weren't expecting no. that. No. 
But it's handy. You want to have these people in the family, especially when you're running oh. a brothel. Yeah. But did he actually pass it or was he just yes, I believe doing, so. following yep. in his mum's footsteps? This is where I find it really it. hard. The description was from his friends that he was an intelligent, well-adjusted, capable lawyer. <laughs> Maybe just, she just kept saying to him as um, he was growing up, Frank, mummy's going to need a lawyer one day. Yeah, well, she was right there. Will you be um, that lawyer? Better get a lawyer, son. Better get a real <laughs> good, good one. one. <laughs> that puts a new meaning on that song, doesn't it? Oh, oh yes, it You does. better get a lawyer, son, as opposed to a normal yeah, son. Yeah, as opposed to a lawyer, comma, son. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. So despite his mother's intense surveillance, Frank was, by all reports, intelligent, well-adjusted young man and a capable lawyer whose friends believed he would thrive once he threw off the, his mother's yoke. I liked that. And they suggest that his mother's yoke. Yoke. You know how that's like a. Um, yeah. I know what you mean, yeah. but I also know where Clark is oh. going. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Like, I'm, I'm happy with a yoke in certain terms, but I just think in that term, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I knew where you were headed. Oh, I loved when I read yeah. that. I thought you'd like that. Oh. And they suggested to Frank that marriage was probably the best antidote to having such an overzealous mum. So Frank Uh-oh. took their advice and he actually began to assert his independence from his mother. In 1957, he stood up to the woman and they had a knockout sort of brawl, well, not big fight. Punch <laughs> he, up. Well, not quite. A bit of, bit of pushing, shoving, and like she was that agitated and he actually asked her to leave the shared apartment that they lived. So he's, he's basically said to her, right, you're out. Like, we, I can't do this. I think he really adored her. So it wasn't the case of him walking in and saying, I'm out. I think he would have done them softly softly but I don't think that she could be reckoned with and I there was no sense to be had so I think it, it is why it escalated so much so she leaves in a bit of a rage but to take revenge Elizabeth took an overdose of sleeping ta- uh, sleeping pills mm. in a you know in a suicide attempt unsuccessful she was taken to a local hospital where she had her stomach pumped and was um there to recover and here lies the tragedy because this is where it all goes a bit wrong for everybody involved with Elizabeth Duncan. If she hadn't have done that, this story would be very different. During her convalescence, she was treated by a pretty 29-year-old nurse named Olga, and I think it's pronounced Kupsik. You'll know, Schmidty, if I tell you how to, if it's spelt. It's spelt K-U-P and then C-Z-Y-K. Kupchik. Kupchik. Okay, that's Kupchik, Olga yeah. Kupchik. Okay, so she had this lovely Olga Kupchik who I read somewhere else had not long arrived from um, Canada. So Frank was visiting his mother for the first time after she'd awoken from the coma that she was in and then he obviously took note of the lovely nurse and then he started spending as much time with Olga as he was with Elizabeth and mummy didn't fail to notice that. I love that they met through her revenge. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. So at this point, I think Elizabeth, for the first time, because I don't think there'd been any other women around him, she hadn't allowed that to sort of happen. And here she is with her suicide attempt. Because she is convalescing, she couldn't really manipulate a whole lot from the, you know, from bed. So he he threw her out before he had a partner? Correct. Okay, right. right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. To be fair, Frank and Elizabeth were thick as thieves. It's not like he was off her or anything like that. He just was taking his friend's suggestion and he thought, yeah, maybe I probably should do that. But, you know, gosh, I, probably, I do love Mum, I'm never going to get my leg over if you yeah. don't move out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, correct. Yes. You're cramping my style. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Go and so, marry another man. <laughs> yeah, 21. If Mama got married, I'd jump in the air and give all my toe shoes to you. 
Anyway, that's a, a story about another overzealous mother. Anyway, going on. Oh, I've never seen Gypsy. it. Embarrassing to say that. Apologies. Yeah. Apologies. <laughs> it's all right. Neither is Oh, haven't you? Fine. But aren't you like musical theatre like her? Well, I couldn't. No, no, she actually gets no. involved in musical theatre. What do you do? I just love laughing he just remembers at the, the lyrics. Of a musical. Yeah, he, he thinks whole, that musicals, musicals are just make me laugh. The whole concept that, you know, in the middle of something happening in normal life, everyone would suddenly break into song and dance makes me laugh. That's hilarious. However, someone put a meme on Facebook the other day and said, This made me think of you, Schmitty. And it was uh, someone saying something along the lines of, for those people who think musicals are ridiculous because in real life no one just breaks into song suddenly, they've never worked with someone like Schmitty or, any, or someone like that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. that's right. You know, yeah. it is perfectly normal to break into song. I just proved I, it. <laughs> I do that too, but I just think that I like, the tapping and, the, you know, all the carry on that goes The dance routine, yeah. Oh, so good. Dream yeah. ballet. Now, I, I, call the, I, I literally well, I must call say, the line a, a dream ballet. That is over the top. But anyway... I didn't quite see. I don't know exactly. why I thought you were. God, shame, but I, shame, I did shame. Sort of find it a little bit <laughs> incongruous. No, no, because it was because of Schmitty. It's because of Schmitty. Probably because I'm gay. Yeah. You know, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I think it was our connection because from day one you said, "Is there a musical theatre connection between the two?" Oh yeah. Two? And you yeah. probably said no, and I went, oh, they said yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally didn't listen to the answer and just kept going. So for, the, I must so, for the last, so for the last year I've always thought, no, I can't really, I haven't really given a great deal of thought, but I've never really seen that side of your personality sparkle. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. Yeah, in yeah. fact, I, I have, I'm much more comfortable with you being a little bit more like, hmm, pop music. I don't know about that uh, when yeah. it comes to musical theatre. Yeah. yeah. That yeah, makes yeah, more yeah. sense. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Right, sorry, we digress. we digress. We digress. Anyway, it's all right. We have to do that. All right. So we've got Elizabeth Duncan in hospital, having tried to commit suicide by a pill overdose to show her son Frank that he's made the wrong decision about choosing to move out. In doing so, he has met the lovely Olga, a nurse who is actually looking after his mother in this little hospital in Santa Barbara. So characteristically, Elizabeth objected to Frank seeing Olga and telephoned her almost daily for three months once she'd left the hospital, so they obviously had started a relationship. Telephoned During Olga? The, mm. Yes. During the course of these calls, which she discussed with a friend, her I friend is called call Emma I harassed Shorten. now, I suppose, yes. yeah, yes. telephoned, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> she told Olga to leave her son alone oh, and frequently threatened off, to kill her if oh. she did not stop seeing him. What? <laughs> you know, you know, if you're going to do flag. it, do it properly. Yeah, oh. maybe. <laughs> She, the, th- the amount of times she told people is unbelievable. On one occasion, Olga had said to Frank, oh, sorry, Olga said that she and Frank were going to be married. Elizabeth replied, you'll never marry my son. I'll kill you first. <laughs> it's not like she oh was my. beating around the bush. To what? her doctor, Elizabeth repeated the threat in a more oblique way. Frank will never leave me, she said. He would never dare to get married. However. I'm a fucking psycho. Mm-hmm. Frank and Olga were secretly married on June 20 in 1958. That so he got the, from oh, his mum. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end of 1957 was when the overdose happened. So now we've gone into mid middle of the year, 58. When Elizabeth learned of the marriage, she declared that she would not allow them to live together. Not quite ready to cut the cord completely, Frank stayed at his mother's home until the end of June. Mm. <laughs> Visiting Olga in her apartment. 
That's just encouraging it. I did. Well, I was just trying source. to I keep if her I can cl- find cl- it quickly. Yeah, keep her where happy. it said that the night of their honeymoon marriage, All right. they, yeah. they went away oh, for one yes. night. Oh, the newlyweds checked into a Santa Barbara <laughs> motel for their wedding night, but he had to be home for one thirty. And I mean, it's just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And how old is he at this point? Thirty something. 20, oh, twenty-seven. So probably twenty-eight or something. Yeah. A, a grown man, though, one hundred percent grown. Yeah, man. yeah, 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 yeah. The thing I find a bit confusing, confusing about that was he wouldn't have told her. Remember that he was mm-hmm. getting married because it was done secretly. So that was also probably part of having to get home to cover the fact that he just got yeah. married. Yep, yep, yep. Why did they get married in secret? Do you wonder? She's pregnant. Why did they get married at all? Correct. Mm-hmm. Olga is pregnant. Ooh. Juicy. Yes. At this point, there is a series of events that start to happen where I was going to call, they call her Ma Graham, but Elizabeth Graham. Elizabeth Graham starts to reach out to anybody who will listen to her to get help in trying to knock Olga off. Oh, my Lord. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my I mean, Lord. I, I, she, I, I can't believe it got this far. Because there's no so many people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One so of those. People knew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone. So we've already town, gone through everyone. a number of people. She's told her to her face, I'm going to kill you. Well, you know, Olga should have listened. Yeah. In the middle of July, 1958, <laughs> Elizabeth told her friend. Victim blame much? <laughs> whom she'd known for several years. She's not a victim that- yet. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm I'm not psychic, but oh, I can't me neither, clearly. Feels like where I'll apologise should it come true. Elizabeth tells her friend Barbara Reed that Olga had become pregnant by another man and was trying to frame Frank. She offered Mrs. Reed $1,500 to assist her in killing Olga. Mrs. Reed replied that she would think the matter over. (laughs) And later she. And then rang the police? No, she actually told Frank. This is important. She told Frank, the lawyer's son, right? And later she informed Frank of the proposal his mother had made to her. Shortly thereafter, Frank moved back home. <gasps> he might have been frightened because his mum's unhinged. No. Yeah, but he is a lot. So he moves back to the house. Oh, frightened yeah, for his unborn child no, as well. No, no. But he's Barbara. also been very, no, he's very close to his mother and he's if, very committed to his If he to told Olga, and... what do you think Olga would say? I'll just oh, go and move not... back in with her. Like, yeah. come on, mate. You've no, moved it's not really on. Gonna answer... <laughs> yeah, all Let right. Go. Cut that cord. Oh, gosh, this is, this is where it gets quite interesting, if that was interesting enough. In the early part of August, Elizabeth arranged with an ex-convict, Ralph Winterstein, to assist her in carrying out a fraudulent plan for the annulment of the marriage between Olga and Frank. See, I'm all right. Well, not, not that I'm all right with that, but I would have thought you'd start there. You wouldn't go straight to death threats and try yeah, and find correct. someone to kill her. You know, the annulment, getting, you know, poisoning the pool to make Frank want to divorce her. There, there are things. There are, there are steps. There are other channels. You could have leaped straight ahead, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's Feels the like grounds for the annulment yeah. that she's made you. up that the baby isn't Frank's? Mm-hmm. No, not at all. She pretends oh. to be Olga. <laughs> And the ex-convict <gasps> pretends to be Frank. Oh, oh my lord! No. <laughs> and it worked after a brief. What? Uncon- yeah, after a brief. <laughs> Could you imagine this? Fifty-four-year-old. Oh, she was fifty-four. Oh, maybe. She- yeah, she was about. Let's say early fifties at this point. She's gone and pretend to be a twenty-nine-year-old Olga. What was it? Cup chick. Cup chick. Cup yeah. chick or cup chick. Yeah, but yeah, oh, either yeah, yeah. way. Cupcakes. Either way. 
After a brief, uncontested hearing in which Wittgenstein, as the plaintiff, testified that Olga had not lived with him since their marriage, that she refused to do so, and that she had told him she had never intended to go through with the marriage, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, a decree was granted to the plaintiff. Elizabeth later persuaded to propose to Mr. Winterstein, so he's the ex-con who had played Frank, to, I've got my quotation marks, take care of Olga. Winterstein refused but did not report the incident because he was afraid of getting into trouble as a result of being involved in the fraudulent annulment. Annulment, okay. Yeah. Who so are when these you said, people? When you said proposed to, I was so confused because I thought oh, you sorry, meant I said that, proposed yeah. to, get to, married. Married. to get married. And I was like, <laughs> 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 no, no, no. Well, we're going. What, 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 what? Hang on. No, that took no, a turn. Maybe suggested. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, take care of. Yes, my As you finished, I thought, oh, no, I understand it now. But I was still going, hang on, why is she getting him? to marry this other woman. Damn that English language. What is going on here? Okay. It's us every time. So she's managed to annul the marriage. I don't know if if anyone's aware of that. There's no suggestion that Frank knows or anything. I don't know that she told him. I I can't find any follow-up to that. It sort of leaps ahead now to the middle of August where what's happening is they actually, Frank is moving Olga around because she's not safe. <laughs> <laughs> so in the middle of August, Elizabeth discovers We're, we're going to the safe living. house. We're going to yeah. the next safe house. Quick, it's a really healthy relationship. A really yeah. healthy relationship. Nothing toxic here. Yeah. Yeah. So Elizabeth discovers where Olga has been moved to and she gains admittance. You know how they always have like the super or whatever else allows her in for some reason and she's looking to see if, you know, Frank's clothes are there. That's what she wants to see if there's where, whether he's residing with her or whether he's been there. But what's important is when this she left This woman needs his... to be sectioned at this point. She's she's quite, quite insane, yeah, isn't yeah. she? She says to the manager of the apartment block, she is not going to have him. I will kill her if it is the last thing I do. Oh, and so again, just get a billboard. Told, get a fucking yeah, billboard up, right? I'm going to kill her. Three billboards girl. outside Ebbing yeah, or what, whatever it is. Whatever the name of that. Ebbing. Yeah, Ebbing. Yeah. Ebbing, right. Ebbing what was the outside Missouri. Yeah, uh, something like uh, that. But can you move your Arnott's biscuits away from the microphone? Yeah, Savaloy, whatever they're called. No. Move your Savaloy away from the. It was a good joke, but all I heard was Russell, 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 Russell. (laughs) Now, before we go any further and sort of get sort of into the crime, because we're we're obviously about to hit that, um, I wanted to read to you a paragraph from the Times, you know, Times magazine. This was published in 1959, so obviously just after the crime that's about to be committed was committed. But I just love the language and I just want to read sort of the opening paragraph because it just it, it's it's just of the time. So this is what was the article that was published about the, um, Elizabeth. Pity the girl who marries Frank Duncan, clacked the oh. gossips around the Santa Barbara, California courthouse. The owl-eyed lawyer was arrogant and humorless, lisped so noticeably that teasing court clerks called him a wicked rascal wabbit behind his back. <laughs> But that was the lesser half of it. Frank, at 29, was a mama's boy. Matronly, smartly dressed Elizabeth Elizabeth Duncan, separated from her husband when Frank was a child, held her hand's son in court, applauded him when he won a case, tongue-lashed the district attorney when he lost. So tight was the noose that once, when Frank threatened to leave home, his mother took a heavy dose of sleeping pills and was carried off to a Santa Barbara's cottage hospital. Why I are you love that Frank, but why wow. are we picking on poor Frank? He was a mama's boy. Yeah, oh. yeah. I love that she was carried off to the hospital. But I love it. They teased him and they called him a wicked wascal wabbit. <laughs> <laughs> he must have had a wisp. Don't you just think it sounds like when they probably didn't do it justice, but you know, like when they're doing like the newsreels. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pity the girl who marries Frank Duncan. Mm. (laughs) That's the opening sentence. I love it. Please tell me that the crime is that Olga found out about all the threats and decided to get get in first. Not quite. Not quite. Mm. Elizabeth's got a few more people to ask yet. She's still getting around town. Knocking on doors. Absolutely. Now you do, this is a little, it gets, I wouldn't quite say confusing, but there's a couple of new people introduced here in her attempts to try and find someone to do the job. Elizabeth told another woman, Diana Romero, whose husband Rudolph was one of Frank's clients. Rudolph Romero. Yep. That Olga. Was he friends with, uh, what was his name, Ricky? Ricky Ricardo, no. Ricky Ricardo, yes. Oh, yeah, Ricky Ricardo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was he friends with Ricky Ricardo, old Rudolph Ramirez? (laughs) (laughs) So what's important is, so she's gone to, the wife of one of her son's clients, okay? So Elizabeth told another one, Diane Romero, whose husband Rudolph was one of Frank's clients, that Olga was blackmailing Frank and asked her to help get rid of Olga. At Elizabeth's request, Diana went to Olga's apartment to look the place over. Case the joint. And Olga answered the door. Diana Romero recognised her, Olga, as a nurse who had cared for her several years earlier. Oh, right. And she left after a short visit. Thereafter, Elizabeth offered Rudolph Romero money to get rid of Olga, and he refused. So at that point, they're, 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 they're not interested. They're like, actually, we know who Olga is, and she's lovely. No thanks. Yeah, yeah, we're not killing her. If we thought she was a bit sure, what? Yeah, I, I mean, know, right? What is I don't incriminate ourselves. Oh, Just do a bit oh. of fact-checking and then make sure. Then <laughs> oh, this is not the job for us. On. No, no, no. We're passing. Do you mind if we do a recce first? (laughs) It's a hard task. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look, very kind of you to offer, you know, to ask us, what's it called? We we put a tender in for this job. Yeah, I was going to say, we can't can't do it, but we can pass you on to some other subcontractors who might be interested. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God, this is ridiculous. Den of thieves and lowlifes. This place is. Where'd she go to next? Let's have a look. She went through uh, her son's files and found another uh, person that he once She just honestly, I swear to God, she just asked anyone she happened to run into. During the time that she was seeking the assistance of the Romeros, Elizabeth met Rebecca Diaz in whose house the Romeros lived. What? Elizabeth, yeah, so she they lived with her. I don't know why, why. Elizabeth said that Olga was threatening her and demanding money, and she asked Diaz to help her find a man to get her out of town. Diaz wink, agreed. Nudge, to nudge, wink, wink. Yeah, yeah. Diaz agreed to notify Elizabeth if she found anyone. Oh. Actually, I've come Again, across someone what? who might be able to get rid of someone. I mean, you can put these tenders up online. You know, just yeah. I'll just tender the job out. <laughs> just, just post bills around town. I know, it's so I you, Look, I'll let you know if I come across anybody interested. Contact this number. Yes, <laughs> Hitman wanted. <laughs> just like you know, we take the page. We little. Mm-hmm. Top the page, sorry. Back yeah, of the yeah. toilet. Bit of paper. The, Just stay, the uh, 10 uh, phone numbers. Yeah, community notice board. Back of the toilets. Every, <laughs> Out all of the town. Toilets, all these little pieces of paper and these, some have been ripped off and you think, oh, did they rip yeah. it off themselves to make it look like there was interest? On November 12, 1958, Elizabeth went with Emma Short, that's just her friend, to the Tropical Cafe in Santa Barbara. Here's another name. Es- Esperanza Esquivel, who owned the cafe and her husband had been charged with receiving stolen property and Frank, as their attorney, Mm -hmm. yes, had obtained a dismissal of the case against her and was seeking probation for her husband, who had pleaded guilty. Elizabeth told Esperanza that Olga was blackmailing her and had threatened to throw acid in Frank's face. And she asked whether she had any friends who would help get rid of Olga. Oh, poor Olga. Esperanza replied that there were some boys but she did not know whether they would want to talk to Elizabeth. 
You know the expression, my ears are burning, and people say, oh, when your ears are burning, people are talking about you. Poor Olga must have thought she had I know. a major oh, yeah. health issue. Her ears must have been on fire. Her, her hair would have been singed. <laughs> she would totally have a mullet because oh, of all so... the singeing of her hair above and her not, ears. One of these idiots goes to the police and says, look, I know I'm a creme, but there's a woman around here scouting for a hitman, you know. But anyway. it's the connection to the sun and the being alone mm-hmm. that I just – the final I had. I, I tell you, she went through his files. Although, as they said in the Times paragraph, she went. That you read she, out, went to she went. She went to all the court, the court cases. cases, and she that's true. I haven't really gone she, into yeah, that. It'll come out so later. She, but so she would. She know. did every day. She went to court and watched him in court every day, yeah. and then hung yeah. out with all. So those she knew creams, everybody, yeah. all the clients, all the wins, every loss, Correct, where everyone yeah. was situated in their relationship. Frank, who owed him, who didn't correct. That's very important. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So that's where we're at the moment. So she's totally leveraging her she's understanding evil. of all the relationships so with Frank and the cases that had gone through and who he'd represented. So the next day, Elizabeth, accompanied with Emma Short, they returned to the Tropical Cafe where she was introduced to Louise Moyer, 21, and 26-year-old Gus Baldonado. Elizabeth told the men that her son was being blackmailed by Olga and said that she wanted to get rid of her. They discussed how much this would be worth to Elizabeth and agreed that she would pay three thousand US dollars when the job was done, That's and three thousand dollars within mm. the next six months. The next so six, six grand. Months. Yes, That's a lot of money at the time. Gotcha. A, a, a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> I love this. In the cafe, the quartet considered several plans and finally decided that Moya and Baldonado would kidnap Olga, take her across the border, and kill her in Tijuana. Why Moya is said that, that funny to you out of interest? I just, I just said that they're, like, they're having a chat. It's like, oh, what could we do? What could we do? Let's let's break it in a cafe. The first time yeah. they've ever met. Like, I mean, it's it's like, what could we do? Thoughts? Mm. Anyone? What would you suggest? Clarky? A, a gringo dying in, in Tijuana makes sense. Yeah. Who's gonna who's gonna care? No, who's I don't know what I wouldn't I don't even get the fact that you can be that brazen about yeah, going mm. around talking about killing someone. And actually find someone who will do it before you get called before out. Before someone doing it. says, "Hang yeah. on a minute." Yeah, right. exactly. I don't think you should do that. No, Elizabeth, that's wrong. Not, not even that. I'm going to go and talk to somebody about the fact that she's running around saying this and offering money. Exactly. Exactly. No one calls you out on someone told. one day. Shit things happen when shit people stand back and do nothing. Yep. Yep. There's a bit of that going on. Time and time again. Big deep breath. And <laughs> I'm going to have to apologise for my victim shaming, my pre-victim Earlier. shaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's going to happen, it's right. isn't it? Anyway, so then they start negotiating, you, you know, um, Lewis and what's Baldonado Gus, is it? I've forgotten his name already. Yes. Start saying, oh, look, we'll need a bit of this. We'll need a bit of extra money for this to get Con- started. You could just call him contact number 12, you yeah. know, yeah. At this point, <laughs> yeah. contact 25. At this point, she's talked to so many people about it. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> So we'll Moya, need petrol uh, money to get to Tijuana. <laughs> no, no, it's true. That's exactly. They want money for transportation, a weapon, and gloves. They're quite. They don't, they're not asking for gloves. a lot. Yeah, gloves. No, very no, specific. They're so broke. Yeah, we're so broke. We can't even pay for the gloves. Could you'll have to pitch in for those as well? What sort of gloves? Elizabeth left for a while, and on her return, went to the kitchen and with with Moya, where she paid him one hundred and seventy-five dollars. She had obtained by pawning some rings. I think they are going to do it, she told Emma as they drove home. She was right. Oh. So 
the two young or youngish men that have turned up both had done time. I'll just give Moya was a petty thug. That's Lewis. I don't know if it's, if it's um Lewis. It would be Lewis. Lewis. Yeah, Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. Lewis Moyer was a petty thug who had a bad record. From the age of eleven, he'd been a frequent drug user. At twelve, he was frequenting houses of prostitution. Past offences included theft, burglary, possession, smuggling of narcotics, and stabbing a person with a knife. He served several terms in jail. Just not a not a, a great career guy, criminal, really. basically. Yeah, career exactly. Uh, he was not a good guy. Mm-hmm. Which is probably why he accepted the job. So on the evening of November 17, 1958, they rented a car for $25. If anyone's doing the math on <laughs> how much they've already borrowed and <laughs> what, they've got, what they've got left for weapons and, and gloves. And gloves. Did they have that in their expense account or did they have to take that out <laughs> oh, of the Oh, she asked for the ledger. $3,000. Like, yeah. Oh, the petty, petty, petty cash. They've got a petty cash in there working from yeah. with a little... I just want receipts. Receipt. That's receipt. all. Just give me tax invoices <laughs> and I'll be fine. Look, you got petty cash. I want receipts, please. They had to go and get MYOB so that they could drop <laughs> yeah. the invoices and make it all kosher. Exactly. <laughs> oh, God. So they've hired the car and they drove to Olga's apartment. When Olga came to the door, Moya told her that her husband was in the car drunk and asked for help. So she went out with him willingly. She was just in her um, dressing gown and said, oh, let me come and help you kind of thing. I'll come and help and said, oh. I'll come and get out being drunk. I, I wonder if that had ever been the case. But anyway, she willingly went. So they went down to the car. Baldonado was in the back seat with a blanket covering him, pretending to be passed out, pretending to be frank. When Olga opened the rear door, Moya hit her on the back of the head with the pistol and Baldonado pulled her into the car. On the way out of Santa Barbara, they drove to the beach where they stopped because Olga was screaming and struggling. While Baldonado held her, Moya struck her on the head with a borrowed, do you say 0.22 caliber pistol? Yeah, 0.22. Yeah. Yeah. Knocking her unconscious and breaking the handle of the gun. Oh, oh my God. Does that seem like, I know. Yeah. She's got one got, strong yeah. head. I know. Or they've got one oh, weak gun. a really shit gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She might have been a bit old. It does seem a bit strange, doesn't it? Anyway, Baldonado tied her up with tape and they continued on out of town. A short time later, they had trouble with the car. (laughs) What's a hire vehicle? Oh, and instead of following their original plan of going to Mexico, they drove into the mountains near OJ in Ventura County. They dragged Olga out of the car and down the side of a hill to a culvert that ran under the road. Because it had been used as a kosh, I don't know what that means. Anybody else? The pistol was damaged so that it could not be fired. Oh, it's a smacker over the head. That you yeah. used as a, a oh, is that a quarter kosh? kosh? Yeah, yeah, ah, yeah. I didn't understand yeah. that right. That makes sense. Here we go. Um, waiting for the of course, you idiot know that. Ah, moment. of course. <laughs> I'm so oh, sorry, we missed that. You've totally been groomed to, to know that now you need to call yourself out for when you've <laughs> said too much. <laughs> as, as, as you said before, English language, I just happen to know what kosh means, but okay, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, mm hmm. It wasn't because I was accused of using a costume. That's my story, Your Honour, and I'm sticking to it. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Carla. No, no, that's fine. But I mean, I know I've been really silly up until this point, but this bit's no. But this is awful, and this is is probably why we joked then because I can tell we're coming to the really nasty bit. We're getting to the nasty Mm. bit. So because it had been used as a kosh, the pistol was damaged, so it couldn't be fired. So Moya and Baldonado took turns in strangling her. Oh, she was fuck. fighting so much still even at that point. They oh, what? Isn't that horrendous? Mm-hmm. Some poor oh. pregnant young woman just, what a way to go. Not mm. awful. After a while, they could not feel her pulse and they dug a hole and they buried her. As this was not part of the plan, the men had no tools by which to bury their victim and later told police they had dug the shallow grave with their hands. 
Returning to Santa Barbara, Moyer and Baldonado hid their bloody clothes and the seat covers of the car. They tried to clean the car by sweeping it and spraying lacquer to hide blood spots. The next day, they told the car's owner that the seat covers had been burned by a cigarette and that they would fix them or give her money for repairs. Moyer contacted Elizabeth and informed her that they had performed their quote-unquote part of the bargain. She said that she had not been able to draw any money out of the bank because the police had been inquiring about Olga's disappearance. And then they said, but we need more money because we've got to replace the car seat covers because, you know, yeah, yeah, we can't afford that. Elizabeth cashed a cheque which Frank had given her to pay for a typewriter and she met Moya by appointment in a downtown store in Santa Barbara where she handed him an envelope containing $150. Later, at Elizabeth's request, Elizabeth Short left an envelope for Moya with a cashier of a restaurant. The envelope, which was addressed to Dorothy, contained $10.00. Oh, for fuck's sake. Where's the 3000 Where's your store? It's And then 3000 And by saying it was for his aunt. Did she say, oh, look, I'm sorry, guys, you just have to put me on a payment plan? Yeah, I just 10 bucks a week it. for 300 weeks. Exactly. And then I'll start paying off the second part. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know why she bothered with the $10. You know what I mean? Like, what? I hate her. This is, this is important. So while she was making payments to the two killers... Elizabeth was questioned by Frank about the cheque he had given her to pay for a typewriter and she told him she she was being blackmailed. Suspicious and grief-stricken, Frank informed the police and said that he was afraid his mother was involved in Olga's disappearance mm-hmm. and was being blackmailed for some reason. Go, Frank. Mm-hmm. Go investigate her. The investigation which followed resulted in the arrest of Moya and Baldonado. Olga's body was disinterred on December 21. And the pathologist found that Olga had been pregnant and that her death was caused by head wounds, strangulation or suffocation, such as would be produced by being buried alive. Oh, no. Oh, what? Oh, no. They took turns and they still couldn't do it. They and still they couldn't do it. And they took their pulse. Yeah, So at the same time that that was happening, from Olga's perspective, Olga's friends had reported her missing. So Olga's hospital friends reported her mysteriously missing. Frank had been no help, which really shits me, frankly. Um, oh, I think we San- got the sense of the wascally wabbit being yeah. a bit useless, Mama's frankly. Boy. Yeah. Mama's boy being useless anyway, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. But it was at that point when they started having a look, that was when they turned up the phony annulment. And with help from the FBI, they were able to follow the trail that led the trail, sorry, that led them to Baldestine and Moya. So that's how they actually came about them was because they right. was the false annulment that sort of started things moving. Once Moya's arrested... He asked to see a minister and Reverend Floyd K. Gressett came to the jail in response to the call from the police officer. Moyer testified that he talked to Reverend Gressett. He got on his knees and for the first time in his life asked God to forgive him. Reverend Gressett decided and that God Moyer said was no and was ready to confess to God <laughs> and man. Immediately thereafter, Moyer confessed to law enforcement officers that he murdered Olga. He testified that he believed he'd been forgiven, that his religious feeling had increased and that he was sorry he had killed Olga. Oh, he'll get off, won't he? <laughs> Better not. A psychiatrist, uh, Dr. Harvey, testified that Moya was a psychopathic personality who profits neither from experience nor punishment, was a constant danger to society and was yes. capable of murder right now. Dr. Harvey That's said right. that a sincere religious belief is a good start toward rehabilitation, but that the period of time during which Moya held such belief was too short to permit a determination as to the validity of his conversion. Nice People very rarely say that. I know, that's quite, how very sensible. 
Wow, I thought there finding go. God was a ticket out of jail, but there you go. So did Moya. Wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a no from me, said Dr. Harvey. Yeah. What happens at this point is Mother Duncan, or Elizabeth Duncan, is arrested for her role in the annulment. And so whilst she's actually being held in jail for that, she's led from her cell and charged, along with Baldonado and Moya, with murder. She denies the whole thing. Of course she does. Called the whole thing a frame to hurt her Frank. Um, at which time Frank had hidden himself under an assumed name in a Hollywood apartment until cops tracked him down. Then he scarcely grieved over his dead wife and unborn child, but he was shocked and shaken by his mother's plight. Said he, Uh, I could never recall mother doing anything cruel. She would have to be insane to be linked into it. Well, she is. But also, Frank, you're dead to me. Lost it. Lost everything. See, I didn't like it when he moved back in with his mum while he was married to Olga and right there. I had some sympathy for him being sort of the meat and sandwich and, you know, having an overzealous mother, but no, no, gone now. Yeah. Now. Now? Probably time for a little break because we do have some issues that I would like to explore and they are a little bit heavy. Oh, fuck. We've already done Buried Alive. Jesus. No, we've done Buried Alive, but we can talk about the court case. But basically she believes it's right. But what I'd like to explore is something called the Jocasta Complex. Has anyone ever heard of that? Oh, yes, Jocasta. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, okay. (laughs) After the break. (laughs) Happy happy to come back to it. So I see give me my moment. Take your moment now. Take your moment now. What is it? Okay. So having done classical societies and cultures when I was in year 12, Jocasta was the mother of Oedipus. And Oedipus is, as we know, the Oedipus complex is around the boy who had sex with his mother or boys who want to have sex with their mother. Well, yeah, no, no. It's it's referred to in psychological terms as the Oedipus complex. Did you know that, Clarkie? No. Are you aware of the Oedipus You've never oh, heard of okay. an Oedipus complex. Oedipus complex. Yeah. Okay, well, we need uh-huh. to strip it right back. Okay. All right, but, okay. The, for, but its basis of this terminology comes from this story. It's flipped which on its is, head, yeah. Which is about Oedipus. And Oedipus was a Greek prince or something. Of course, all Greek, right? I've heard of Oedipus. I just didn't know what he did. Well, well, he, he was um, separated, <laughs> I think, from his parents yeah. when he was very, Bumped very young. with his mum. When he was very young. So he didn't actually know who his parents were. Many, many years later, ah, right. he meets them. Uh, he kills his father because, you know, it's Greek and it's those years. And he, he marries and has sex with his mother, not knowing that she's his mother. But when he finds <laughs> out that she's his mother, uh, oh, I can't, can't remember if he complex. kills himself. Yeah, it was. And that's the point. <laughs> anyway, I can't remember if he kills himself. But when Jocasta finds out that she has had sex with her son, she plucks her eyes out with pins. And so that's oh, the Jocasta. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. So she plucks her Oops. own eyes out with pins because she's so disgusted that she'd had sex with her own son. I can't remember what Oedipus does. He may kill himself. I can't remember. I don't think Elizabeth was that bothered, frankly. That's, yeah. Well, that's where that the Oedipus complex and the Jocasta stuff comes from. There you go. Yes. That's that's my moment. Good job. All right. Thank God I did that. I did that uh, subject in year twelve. Hey. Oh. <laughs> I don't think I remember anything from year twelve. Oh well, I tell you, when you when you read these Grecian endless stories like the Iliad, the Women of Troy, uh, Agamemnon, all of those, you're left with thinking these people were fucked up. I don't know if I even read books in year twelve. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Swanee, just before you go on, I just need to correct myself because 
True to Clarkie's point about not remembering anything in year 12, I remember that all wrong. According to Sophocles' version, Oedipus blinded himself with her pins of the brooch or something he gave her and she killed herself. When Euripides wrote it, however, Jocasta doesn't kill herself and Oedipus is blinded by a servant of Laius. And then interestingly, when Aeschylus (laughs) did the same story, he didn't even mention the blinding or or the death. So there you go. There are three different versions, but... I read uh, Sophocles' version and I remember the pins and I was all very disturbing, but it was actually Oedipus himself who blinded himself once he discovered that he'd been really? ha- bumping uglies, as Clarkie said earlier, with his own mother. And she that's uh, also known as the, completed suicide. That's also known as, a result as the Chinese of Whispers that. Complex, whereby if you tell a story for too many thousands of years, no one really knows what happened. Well, it's interesting because uh, Sophocles, Euripides and Aeschylus were all, of a, I think, about the same time. Oh, no. What it is is that's why you can't trust an eyewitness. Because <laughs> he's well, taking no, his no, own eyes out of the pins. Flick him across the room. What happened here? No idea. <laughs> oh, waka, 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 waka. I'm here all night. Apologies yes, for so, that. Yes, that was my moment which I got wrong. It's how unlike me. It happens once every <laughs> lifetime, Schmitty. Don't worry. <laughs> You've taken it quite well. At least I admitted that I had it wrong for all the uh, other people out there going, oh, what a moron. There you go. So I've corrected myself. The reason I sort of wanted to bring it up was because I, whilst I said I'd heard of the Oedipus complex, I wasn't aware that there was a Jocasta complex. And mm-hmm. Neither am um, I, actually. I, just, just I will just name. give you the Wikipedia yeah. definition because I think I'll just try and simplify it because in a lot of the stuff that I read and it wasn't a lot to read to be fair but they were in in that's life (laughs) this is not where I read this obviously but there was suggestion that at the time there were ways to say that they thought this relationship may have been somewhat incestuous but they would never say that Ah, they would would use words and terminology you know like overzealous so they're inferring it overly familiar yeah but so because they're only inferior, I don't actually truly know whether or not that was incestuous, but there's enough to suggest that it was so unhealthy that mm-hmm. there may have, and there, I did read that they shared a bed. Now, uh, I only read that once, so that that is a bit Okay, allegedly. Anyway, allegedly. No, that, that so could I, mean they just slept in the same bed. Yeah, it I could. mean, I think I've I, slept with you, but, haven't but I, But this jo- Jocasta complex I've definitely slept with would you, suggest Swanee. that it doesn't necessarily have to be, se- absolutely, it doesn't have to be sexual. We so have, it says, yes. okay. In psychoanalytic theory, the Jocasta complex is the incestuous sexual desire of a mother towards his son. Raymond de Saussure, is it, introduced the term in 1920 by way of analogy to its logical converse in psychoanalysis, the Oedipus complex. And it may be used to cover different degrees of attachment, which is important because we're not saying yeah, it was yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's yeah. not just sexual. I don't, yeah. I don't know that, including domineering but asexual mother love. We definitely know that was the case. Something perhaps particularly prevalent with an absent father. Well, he only had 20 other dads or whatever, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely yeah, yeah. they were a thing. It's very Norman Batesy. this. Yeah. Did you want me to tell you what the origins were? I think you've kind of or covered Ed it. Gein. But just to simplify it, it was the Jocasta complex. His name was Jocasta, <laughs> a Greek queen. Actually, I'm not going to bother. Just, just to simplify it. Are suggesting that my way of telling the story wasn't simple <laughs> enough? Anyway, okay. so anyway, that's why I wanted to introduce that because when um, they go to court, or of course everyone, it's gone to court that everyone comes out swinging and go, oh, you know, I found it really uncomfortable they did this and the way she spoke about him was like this. Um, 
So there's a couple yeah. of quotes yeah, good that one. I can give. Come yeah. out at the end yeah. when yeah. poor old Olga's well, been buried alive. Yeah. Good one. A lot of it mm-hmm. wasn't the stuff. It wasn't the people coming out saying, "Oh my God, I'm going to kill her." It was more a case of going, "Oh, she said this," and I went, "You know, the mum." She was making me feel uncomfortable about the way she talked about Frank. But, but it is telling that Frank, as you say, went back to live with her. It's telling yeah. that Frank on their on the night of their wedding had to be home by 1.30. Frank was more concerned, even when Olga went missing, Frank was more concerned about his mother. Yeah, totally. You're right. There were a lot of signals that Frank's relationship with his mother was frankly toxic. (laughs) Do you see what I did there? Uh, (laughs) Frankly, oh, my God, you're good. So Elizabeth toxic, so it must have been frankly toxic. That's right. Okay. The trial began in November, in February 24, 1959. And Duncan, who is Elizabeth, Elizabeth Duncan testified that Moyer and Baldonado attempted to blackmail her, refuting the accounts of every witness called by the prosecution, <laughs> including Moyer and Mal- Baldonado. But she's, attorneys, she never lies. She never she's lies. The her attorneys then presented the theory that Olga was the victim of a ransom pot. The jury took four hours and 51 minutes to find her guilty on March 6, 1959. Four she was hours and 51 to death. minutes. Not long. Yep. He was sentenced to death okay. four days later. Frank, uh, uh, Bert M. Henson, and two other attorneys represented her in her <laughs> appeals process. Conflict of interest much? Frank what? represented his mum. Yeah. yeah. No. Oh. In a murder trial against his against own mu- his, his wife. wife. That oh. can't That's, be right. What could wrong. go wrong? I hope he was sentenced <laughs> to death too. If he, oh. wasn't, if he wasn't, he will be. <laughs> Sentenced to being struck off as a lawyer, at least, yeah. Yeah, at least. Debarred. Mm-hmm. No. No. <laughs> Nothing no, to see I, here. Fine. After all this, <laughs> he continues to be a lawyer. Yeah, it's bizarre. I don't get that. <sighs> Henson, the other lawyer, was appointed by trial judge Charles Blackstock to represent Baldonado and Moyer. Governor Pat Brown, an opponent of capital punishment, ultimately allowed the executions to proceed. Right Normally I don't until... like it, but in this case... Right up until like you, bit like you, Clarkie. So right up until minutes before her execution, Duncan, Frank Duncan, fought to save his mother's life. So I've got some little quotes here. There are just little things that people had to say about her during the trial. I saw her every day for five weeks. I transported her to court and afterward to Camilla to Camarillo State Hospital for her psychiatric examination. She liked to talk about her son, Frank. She was in love with him. If she couldn't have him, no one else was going to. That was uh, Mary Foggery of Santa Paula um, County Sheriff's Department. (laughs) Somebody else wrote, she was a fussy old gal with an eye for the men, said Forgery, now 85. One day going to court, she sees this deputy, Ruben Zavala, and she grabs my arm and says, he can put his shoes under my bed any time. Another day, they bought seven of fucking hinged. This woman, yeah. Okay. Another, another day, they bought seven of her eight husbands into court, and she <laughs> leaned. Her- That's hilarious. A- it's like it's like an outing a- from the home. Yeah. A percentage of the twenty-two came along, or the yeah. three. But yeah, you know okay. what was also really awful was under oath. She actually said she had four children, not two. So I don't know what, you know, I don't know why she bothered saying that under oath, but she probably did have other kids. Who knows? What did she say about the husbands? Oh, that's right. Uh, Another day they brought seven of her eight husbands into court and she leaned over to me and smiled. That one, she said, he was the best. (laughs) God, really? (laughs) On the night we waited for the jury to come. Dick as thick as a Coke can, that one. Oh, gosh. (laughs) On the night we waited for the jury to 
He probably was the only one who had any money, Schmitty. On the night we waited for the jury to come back with a verdict, I asked her, Mrs. Duncan, if you could do this all over again, knowing the consequences, would you do it again? She said, you bet I would. Nobody is going to have my son. Saw that coming. Tom Osborne of Ventura, now 75, was the area's principal investigator. Years later, as a member of the law firm co-founded by Gustav, he would hire a young attorney, Bob McSorley. That case was my life for over six months, Osborne said. At the beginning, the police in Santa Barbara wanted to bring murder charges against the three of them, but there was no body. Santa Barbara city officials and the district attorney wanted our help. We moved Elizabeth Duncan and Baldonado down here on charges and we had Moya as a possible parole violator. On Sunday, 21 December, they found the grave. No one was surprised, said Osborne, who was there. Everybody involved in the thing had been convinced for several days that she was no longer living. Yeah. Osborne described Ma Duncan, then 54, as a strong, manipulative person who did everything she could to control her son, which included staging a phony marriage annulment scene. She posed as Olga and hired an ex-con to pose as Frank, himself, an attorney in a Ventura courtroom. That's a really good point, isn't it? Yeah. She got the annulment. She'd got what she wanted. She was chagrined when her son didn't follow her directions or advice. When he was practicing law, she'd attend most of his trials in Santa Barbara and tried to influence jurors and witnesses. One of the biggest things we were able to demonstrate with evidence I developed for the penalty phase of her trial was that you could not believe a word the woman said. Goodness. Wow. Right. Well. Complex. That's kind of it in a nutshell. So you know, she was the last woman executed in California, I believe. Yeah, Really? Yeah. She was the last woman to be executed in California before the United States Supreme Court suspended the death penalty under Furman versus Georgia. Okay. So she was executed in uh, 1962. And I'm a, I'm a bit embarrassed. I don't really understand this. She was executed by lethal gas. She gas and then I, I, Yes, but mm-hmm. is that? Best kind of gas to execute someone by. If you execute <laughs> someone with non-lethal gas, it's a fucking process. Helium. Just do you know, really, helium. Do you know, giggle. <laughs> but you, oh, but you know when you, you know when but, you read all these articles and you're looking at different things. At one stage, I'm sure I read a quote. There were quotes from what the the last things the guy said because they were all. It was the last triple execution in the US, I believe, as well. So they, it was all done at the same time. The the men went in together. She went in alone. But there was some wording that they had used, and I cannot find it anywhere now, which suggested that there was a tablet or something. Is But what a yeah, sign. So, uh, like yeah, so they, they, they drop it. Is that it? Yeah, oh, yeah. is that it? They drop it into like, like a, a chlorine solution. tablet. And it they drop ah, it into a solution or something. It, it creates the gas, and that's what right. puts them in it. That's, that's why it's called a gas chamber. chamber. That's why it's a okay. chamber because it, right. it, it holds the lethal gas in it. But it's I not pumped in the same here we go no, again. I, I, was, I was waiting for the She knew that as well. Well, that. of course she does. No, but you would. And I, I wasn't quite clear on exactly how that would transpire. <laughs> yeah. But, so, yeah. yeah, it's a, yeah. They just drop it into a solution. Um, you know, like Professor Sumner Mill. Sumner Julius Mill. Oh, Julius. Miller. Yeah, Sumner I'm, Miller. Sumner Miller. Sumner Miller. I'm sure he would have shown us how to make, you know, bubble yeah. things not from legal cyanide. So, yeah, same same sort of idea. Bicarb soda and vinegar does something similar, only doesn't kill people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. It bubbles up. That's right, yep. Yeah. Oh, yes. well. That is the story of Ma Duncan, Elizabeth Duncan, and her son Frank and their ridiculous relationship, frankly, that's well, beyond yeah. unhealthy and turns into murderous. 
Murders. Murdery. So there you go. Um, that's the crime. Would you uh, like to uh, put anyone into trial somewhere? by wine world? <laughs> These are probably good trial by wine people, I think, some of them. Trial by wine world. I can't remember all the names because uh, no, I've of drunk a not. bottle of Pinot Gris while you've been telling this story. But I would say everyone who knew, everyone who put the billboards up, everyone who posted the bills, everyone who knocked on doors to try and find, everyone who she went to who said, I want to kill this woman, who didn't say to the police, um, I think we're gonna, I could be wrong, but I think there's a problem here. Yeah. All of those people need to go to trial by Wine World. And um, I was thinking about it because... Um, whether we release our last episode or not, because <laughs> that's still to be seen, I was thinking about that recording session and it was a bit like a roller coaster where you think you got to the top of it and the, and the, the most yeah. dramatic thing happened and, and then, then we were another, down and then there was another descent. Steeper, uh, like, higher. Ascent, ascent. You know, there's another yeah, climb. Yeah. And then, higher, higher, you know, higher. Yeah. I feel like we need a really terrifying roller coaster in Trial by Wine World because that, that – that case was a bit like that for us. And I think that these people can all go on a, a on the most terrifying roller coaster where they think, you know, I, I've, I've passed myself out. So every time they get to a point on the roller coaster where they think my responsibility is done, you know, I've said no thanks or, or I've passed on the $1,500 or the $1,200, whatever I was being offered, <laughs> they have to go back up to a, a higher descent, they, uh, ascent, sorry, and they have to you know, be terrified yet again and again and again because only one person needed to call yeah. it out and all of this could have been avoided and a, and, a, and a lovely, innocent person and her child could have been saved if someone had done the right thing. And I'm putting Frank at the head of that roller coaster because Thank you. Frank Frank enabled, I know I had some sympathy towards Frank earlier, I have overbearing family myself, but I don't, you know, have a jocasta. <laughs> 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 scenario happening here um you know so so i can understand how you're influenced by those sorts of things but there comes a point in time where you say actually my the person who's the most important to me is the person who's going to be my future the person who's creating my child the, the person who i've committed to and mum you've done your job good job thanks very much back off and back off now and so i think frank has to be at the, the most terrifying point because i don't know in a roller coaster whether it's scarier if you're at the front or the back or the middle because i don't really do them but he's on the perpetual roller coaster and you know the minute they think this isn't scary anymore we add another layer we we do more we we drop it you know the drop becomes like a i don't know what the degree a free of fall a free fall, you know, and yep. then there's crocodiles and sharks or whatever, whatever. It just yeah, has to yeah. get scary and scary because these people should have done the right thing. This could have been avoided. That woman was clearly insane as far as I'm concerned for a long time. And I don't care whether she had 55 husbands. I don't care if she, you know, was fraudulent on lots of checks, all of that sort of like, you know, the build up to it. But when she decided to ask every person in town to kill this girl, Someone should have said something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you saying that he's worse than she is, or are you? No, she did it. He's yeah. He's weak and spineless. Maybe that's it. Maybe we remove his spine, so he just like flops around. So it really a lot. is. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> oh, I like that. And we could we could oh. um, oh, make him the most smart person in the world. 
we could make <laughs> we could make him a jellyfish and just constantly gets washed up on the sand and has there's to bake a... all all day until high tide comes in again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a X X Men show where mm. there's like a, a there a, is. High profile, I don't really follow politician these things, but or something. High yeah, profile yeah. politician or something who's against them, and then they do something to him which turns him into a jellyfish, and then he like flobs around and then oh like god. Uh, and I maybe maybe that's what Frank needs a bit of flobbing around because he was utterly useless. I can almost forgive him for all the lead up, but when to defend his mother who was indefensible, like Frank, man up for fuck's sake, you know. Anyway, so. That's my sentence. As yeah, nice. As impossible to understand as it is. That's my sentence. <laughs> well, the whole story is impossible. So you know, you've got to start somewhere, don't you? I think, like, I'm. I don't know. I, I get quite upset by people who get hitmen because I think I actually think if you employ a hitman to kill someone for you, you're worse than the hitman for one. But also, you you one hundred percent know that it's not right. You know that you couldn't do it, but also you're more than happy to just make someone else do your dirty work. And and I think, you know, given that you know that murder's not right, given you know you shouldn't be doing that sort of stuff, find another way to get back at the person who's wronged you if they have. Poor Olga hadn't wronged anybody, but I, I just Nothing. I just have a real problem with people paying hitmen. And so I'm actually glad that she got... <laughs> Um, an equal sentence to the hitman. I would have liked, I think in some ways she should get a worse one, but, you know, she didn't and that's um, It's not that's much okay. worse than the death penalty. In, well, in, in, you in know. The, in, no, in the, no, in trouble one world, yes. But I was going to say, of, yeah. <laughs> in the realms yeah, yeah. of, you know, what no, was available right. to the courts at the time, yes. you couldn't but there are other there. No, but there are other instances where the person who has paid the hitman hasn't got gets a, lot a sentence. Of yeah, yeah, or correct. And, and I have a it, yeah. fundamental problem with that, whereas, you know, at least that happened. As, as far as their relationship goes, you know, they could have, Frank and Elizabeth, could have just gone and lived in a house somewhere and not bothered anyone with their ridiculous, horrible fucking love for each other. I, I don't know what that would be like. I don't care what that would be like. But I also know that nobody else has to die as a result of it. So. um you know, they are both shit, shit people because how on earth could he marry Olga and do what he did? I think to your point, Schmidty, you know, that that is just a, a shit act. Moving back in with his mum for all of the stuff that she did showed to me that he didn't really love Olga and always loved his mum. Yeah, just just horrible. So let's think about sentencing. His mum, you know, while, while she did die and she was the last person but I'm actually not a fan of the death penalty in real life and, and I know it's probably hard for a lot of people to uh, to understand given the way that I talk but I actually don't want that that said I just don't like manipulative mothers who ruin their sons um, and I think that's what she did from a from a very young age I think she was manipulative her whole life and I don't think she was a nice person at all. So I think there needs to be maybe like a, a Snow White mirror on the wall that tells her. <laughs> oh, a new dimension. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of you're the fairest of them all, you are the, the shittest, fucking worst wife, yeah. worst mum, worst person, you know, in, oh, 
the whole Christendom. Of whatever <laughs> I that just is. I like the word. I like. Yeah, the yeah. Word. <laughs> it sounds religious. I don't know if it is or not, but yeah, let's go with that. You're the Get worst person it. in Christendom. <laughs> Christmasdom. Oh um, yeah, Christmasdom. <laughs> like she just needs a constant reminder, and it's a little bit like the the legal situation that we spoke about last week, whereby people, you know, you, you just don't have to be that shit. If your son does go off and leave you, which everyone's son does at some point, almost it's everyone's a natural son, order. It's like, the natural order. You know, if you do love him, let him go. And, and you know, yeah. you can still have a strong relationship. Um, you can be worried about his partner. You can bitch about them forever, but you don't get a hitman out for them. Correct. Mm. correct. Yeah. But there also needs to be an element of pain, which, you know, could be that <laughs> to stand Back in, in our fr- wheelhouse. I tell you, I said it earlier quietly, but we're back in our wheelhouse, aren't we? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's a little bit like that. But I think she just needs to be standing on... You know they used to do those beds where you slept on nails, kind of thing. Nails. I feel like yeah. you go. know she she needs to be standing on nails every time she looks in the mirror, and when she wants to get off the nails, there is actually nowhere to go. So she's stuck in front of the mirror that insults her, and the painful feet that she's going to have for the rest of eternity. Because I just don't like her, and and don't pretend that because you're a mother you can treat your son like that. You can't. You make women like that make serial killers out of their sons. They make all kinds of weird things out of their sons. If you were really maternal, you yeah, would have true, had actually. some consideration for your grandchild. Hundred percent. But but she made up a story that he wasn't even the father. You know, this is how she made it up. Horrible the, the point, she is. She's she's diabolical. hundred percent. Yes. I just think we need to call those mums out who make. Horrible call a new mums out, you children. bad mums. <laughs> yeah, you naughty mums. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sweating naughty mother. Okay, so what yeah. I was thinking is I think the waters get muddied around um, Ma Duncan because Frank is a lawyer. <laughs> because mm. what happens is we're taken on a journey in terms of her background and we're thinking she's just dodgy, right? She's totally... She's, She's basically a career, a career criminal. criminal. She is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then Absolutely. all of a sudden we get to this juncture in the story where we go, okay, and her son's a you know, a lawyer. And you're like, attorney, and you're sort of like, hang on a tick. I, I want somehow there's a respectability that's introduced. Correct. And that and yeah. then you're like, well, if she was able to get him to a point where he was able to do that, all of a sudden you're the story doesn't take the the typical path it would because all of a sudden there's a, a new junction where like, oh, it takes us on a different direction. I wasn't expecting that. But the reality is her behaviour and everything she continues to do throughout the entire story is still criminal. She doesn't yeah, have any, absolutely. there's no part where she sorts her shit out or she starts to do the right thing ever. She's no. always doing the wrong thing. She killed her grandchild. Yes. Yeah. That's Starts absolutely out right. Bad and gets progressively worse. Absolutely. And we just, the only thing for us is the, the audience, as it were, is it, we, the lens changes slightly with this sort of respectable bit that comes in and then we start to go, oh, well, how does that all work if, if he can do this? And she can't be, couldn't have been that bad, surely. But actually she was. And everything she did from start to end in terms of all of the marriages and whatever else, she just thinks there's no consequence to anything she, can, she does. I never felt that she was, couldn't be that bad. Yeah. <laughs> the way you told that story, she was bad from the beginning. Yeah. And she got worse. Yeah, yeah. Correct. But it was just a case of, oh, I just did this, oh, I just did that, because everything she did was so flippant. Nothing seemed to be. Mm. Nothing Nothing stuck to her. She's Teflon. No, because she was just, as you said, a career criminal. So mm. I would think. The that... gas stuck to her lungs. Absolutely. Oh. For her, 
for her oh. <laughs> for her um, punishment, <laughs> I would like to take her to um, Trial by Wine World. And what yeah. I'd like to introduce there is a, a room where she can see out, and it's but they and they can't see in. But she's mm-hmm. looking out, and they don't know that she's in there. And she all she sees is Frank. And get I will get on to Frank's punishment separately, but a version of Frank. Frank married to Olga oh, and yes. with their beautiful grandchild having the most beautiful life where oh, he yeah. is totally having no, and no, no backward glance, no reference to her. It's like she never existed and she yeah, would be totally nice. in turmoil because she thought his life had to totally, you know, revolve around her hers. as hers did <laughs> around him. So if I cut that yes. down and I say, okay, it's like she never existed. There's never, there's no acknowledgement that this woman was his mother. Anything. She just, she never existed. The other day, the other day, I was talking to a friend of mine, and I was talking about our podcast, and I yeah. said that um, Clarkie and I come up with these ridiculous sentences, and you know, <coughs> sandpaper and blah blah blah. Oh, you know, this this whippings, yeah, yeah. this all sorts of nonsense. I said, but Carla, who spends her whole time saying, "Oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. Yeah, I can't yeah. be evil." <laughs> Actually, comes up with the most psychologically yeah yeah correct <laughs> agreed sentences agreed yeah yeah I'm the one she, who's a psychopath and, that's right no 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 I'm not saying that but no it's definitely get, you no one was really taking that away from you darling promise I'm the psychopath but you are you are you are definitely the person who has the the ability to go back and go, what's the motivation? What's the deep thing? Yeah, yeah. And this person I was talking to was like so excited going, I'm going to listen. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. oh. And I was like, listen out for Swanee's sentences oh, because she yeah, sounds, yeah. she's like, oh, I couldn't do that. And then yeah, she I'm no good at this stabs part. him. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like not stabs him. She punches him psychologically <laughs> in the head and they're like yeah, in yeah, the psychological yeah. Nut punch, is it? Yeah, psychological exactly right. nut punch. She's yeah, the queen yeah. of the psychological nut punch, and I and there was there was a great example of it, brilliantly played. What about Frank? Yeah. So with Frank, I'm doing I'm doing something in a similar vein, and I want him looking onto something of what he has foregone, what could have been. So for him, again, I would like to see him looking at Olga and his beautiful <laughs> child. Oh, yep. Go on. And again, having an incredible life where he has. His thing was there was a quote where it said at one point he felt like he said this in court that he was the yo-yo going between the two. All right, so I oh, want him to have no one off. and nothing. So yeah, again, he yeah. he he's alone. For him, it's yep. more about going. All right, you want to play it both ways. You can't. You can't sit on the fence. The fence is your psychological sat on it. nut yeah. punch. Yep. So, yeah, and yeah. you're just could looking. He, so don't could go. he have his menacing mum on the other side? Though, so he gets nothing good from her. He just gets all the nasty stuff from her. So he's he's getting bad from his mum and yep. good from his wife, but actually can't interact he's with any of nothing. it. Yeah, he's got nothing. That might be alone. nice it, as, as long as they were both amplified on either side so you could see just how good Olga was and how beautiful the child was yeah, yeah. and how evil mum was and and yeah, how yeah. he had to watch in <laughs> – now I'm going for it. He had to watch, you know, on loop how terrible she had been – and how involved and how stupid and naive he had been in, you know, when they're in court, when she was there, all the manipulative things that she'd done that he chose to ignore because he did. He chose to ignore it. He was a Can smart Can he see kid. all the reruns of her yep. trying to get everyone to murder this girl yep. in yes. advance? So, so he and knows. connecting all the dots. Over. 
So there's there's no prevarication. There's there's no oh my mum wasn't that bad. No, there is no way to hide. It's he got told like you. Yeah. Fuck. That's it. That's what I'm saying. If yeah, he yeah. If, if it's presented to him in a way that there is no way of him saying Correct. oh no, there's extenuating no. circumstances. I was no, played. She was a piece wife, of work. Yeah. Sorry, your mother. Yep. Spent her whole time plotting to kill your wife. Yeah. Your and you allowed that you, to happen essentially. And then defended her. Yeah. 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 And I oh. wanted to um, sentence our murderers, obviously. I, I'm struggling slightly because I don't really know anything about Gus and, Gus and Lewis. So Lewis, we do know. Lewis is the one who came forward and went, I found God, it's all good, I'm sorted out. So I thought for him what we could do is take him to trial by one world and I'd like to have him sort of planted, seeded within an extreme sort of God-bothering, happy-clapping church situation where they are going to not necessarily drive him crazy, but he's like, you wanted it, you got it. Like, here you go. Here's the most, not so much churchy, that's sort of not right, but like really like extreme sort of happy clappers, the happiest clappy people ever. But I I don't know if that's really going to work with him. What do you think? Like like Hillsong? I've got a thing on that. Just take him to Hillsong. Yeah. That'll Just do. let him hang with, out with ScoMo it. there. Yeah, ScoMo. Oh, God. Oh, hell is a place on earth. I, as the only actual godbrother amongst us, will go a little bit step further and say, okay, he's passed because he's been um, executed for his crimes, but he believes that he's, you know, found God and he's forgiven. Yeah. I'm going to send him up to the pearly gates and have some Peter say, uh, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a no Do, from what, me, Simon Cowell. What about, what about this? And, what about this? We've, got, we've just got a couple of things I've got to clear up first. Uh, no, yeah. no, talk that, me through this. Talk me through that. Talk that. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, that's a no from me. Yeah. You're back down. Or you're in oh, well done to it like that, worse. purgatory. Yeah, well yeah, done. Yeah. Well done. Actually, yeah. that's good. Also, if you are going to accept money for killing someone, Ooh. please get a better gun that doesn't break. <laughs> so you have to cosh someone. Please isn't? don't have to take turns strangling Gosh. someone. Like, be better prepared. And then when you still fucking get it wrong, bury them alive. They're worse than, like, be professional about it. Off them quickly so they don't have to, horrible, you know, horrible. You know, to, your, to, to that point, the, the worst thing about it is that, that she, she suffered died so much. a terrible death. 100% deserved none gas, of it. He just no. got the gas chamber. Like, yeah, like yeah. he just got That's a, very true, actually. She would have been dead with death. one bullet wound potentially oh. if it had all gone to plan, which is awful, but a hell of a lot better I, I, than I don't, people yeah, are going to go strangling her. you. Yeah, I'm not she should, dying at all. She but... should live. She's back in trial by wine world in the good place, I like to yeah. call it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, TM, 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 and nothing to do with the show called The Good Place. She's in the good place. She's raising her child. She's happy she's met someone else who's, you know, well endowed and great in the bed, and she's having a great life and everything's wonderful. And uh, she doesn't have a weak-ass husband and she doesn't have a crazy mother-in-law. So I, I think that Olga needs to be given, you know, what she missed out on in this life, but that motherfucker needs to go to hell. Gotcha. Yeah, well said, Schmitty. Well said. Mm. I like the way you've turned that. Yep. All right yeah. then. Well, so that's judgy, kind judgy. of that. Well, thank really, you. So I don't want him living with me. <laughs> okay then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good job. Well done, Swanee. Beautiful. Very good job. Back in our wheelhouse. Love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> and um, I miss you already. I wouldn't want to be a bye. Thanks for listening to Trial by Wine. You can contact us at trialbywine at gmail.com. 
please rate, review and subscribe to Trial by Wine on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to support us, you can become a patron at www.patreon.com trial by wine or visit our website www.trialbywine.com to donate to us. Your support will help us cover many more cases and apply wacky sentences. We really appreciate you listening and hope you tell everyone about us. Our cover art is by John Christo and music is by Beauchamp from pixabay.com. Mm-hmm.